What's up, everybody? We back up in here. Hella Flagrant Podcast. You already know what time it is. I'm your man, Flagrant DM. I'm in here with my brother, Sean B. Flagrant. We not even going to mess around with it, man. Week 12 of the NFL got some hella flagrant stories going on. Um, We're going to start it right off at the top with Ruben Foster, man. Um, we not even going like, <laughs> I don't even want to play with the whole situation. Ruben Foster was arrested Saturday right here in Tampa Bay where I live. Um, the night before the 49ers were supposed to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was arrested on domestic violence charges. Um, they were misdemeanor charges, which uh, we later have learned that they were against his same girlfriend, Alicia Ennis, who he was in trouble with earlier this year and almost was released from the 49ers then. Following this arrest, Sunday morning, uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan put out a statement saying that the 49ers had immediately released Reuben Foster. I jumped on theflagrafile.com, put out a story, Reuben Foster's release, I, I figured he was done in the NFL. Much to my surprise, this morning we get up and the Washington Redskins managed to prove me wrong. Man. <laughs> and they just, picked so up, they just picked up Ruben Foster off waivers. Bruh, like. I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> desperate time get, goes for desperate measures, I guess, a call for desperate measures. I don't know. I really I can't explain this. Uh, Seventy two hours right after Ruben Foster was released, like you said, by the 49ers, uh, Washington Redskins pick him up immediately. Now, one thing I will say: the Washington Redskins do not have to play him, and they said that they will not play him until the court system goes through. So basically, it's kind of like they claimed him off waivers. They don't have to do anything with him as of right now. If he doesn't pass, and the court system says that he is guilty of his you know, misdemeanor, and it was for domestic violence, then he will be released. Okay, but if if, if, if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. You feel what I'm saying? Like, right. what else does he need to do to prove that his character is is not even questionable? At this point, he, he – okay, so let's go back to college. Right. When he was at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Got into trouble back then, right? NFL – GMs overlooked it, shrugged it off. It's all right. We'll take you. Let's go. All right. Then you get a marijuana possession charge. Then you get this whole other domestic violence case. Um, And that incident seemed to be pretty violent from the description of that case. It seemed to be pretty violent. However, (laughs) that situation managed to get uh, reversed. Uh, The same girl in this case came and said she lied about everything, made it all up, um, and Ruben Foster was exonerated. John Lynch was happy to sign him, and now we're right back in the same situation. Again, Washington, I hear what you're talking about. We're going to wait to see what the case Forget all that. Forget all that. Forget all that. Forget all that. Why do you even need for the details of the case to come out and say, okay, well, you know, then once it you know it happens because even if even if let's say she goes back and says I lied about this situation too are we really going to believe that no I mean I, I didn't believe it in the first place let's think about this okay the first time that he was uh, arrested for domestic violence at least as we know when he was with the San Francisco Forty Nine ers the court uh, the, the case came out that he 
beat her eardrum to where she basically, basically couldn't hear. He dragged her by her hair through the mud, um, hit her eight to ten times in the eardrum, like I say, busted her ear, and put an assault rifle on her. Now, I mean, that's pretty horrific to make up for anybody. I mean, right. you know, the, the, the classic he hit me excuse could have worked in that sense. And they still would have looked into it. I mean, for somebody who said they drug you by the hair and pointed an assault rifle. Now, it, it did come out that he did have assault rifle. So, and she did have messed up hearing. So that, you know, it looks like it was truthful. Then later, like you said, it came out that she said she lied about it and she made the whole thing up. Now. I'm not going to sit here and speculate. I don't know the situation. I don't know her. I don't know Ruben Foster. But it sounds like from the situation that happened then to the situation that happened now that the first time she did it, somebody came to somebody and said, look, I'm not going to get no money. If we're going to get back together, I got to have a job. So right. if you keep this story up, I'm going to lose that. She made the lie up or she came out and said he didn't do this, blah, 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 because they probably forgave each other right after it happened whatever the 49ers actually told ruben told him to stay away from this woman i don't think i've ever heard of an nfl team saying that they that somebody should actually stay away keep their distance from another person especially another woman now right. you're on a road trip you're not even expected to play in this game okay you show up to a tampa hotel there are 52 other men that are staying in that hotel room including the coaches and the staff with you you have two sets of floors that the 49ers vacate, okay? Now, she somehow shows up in another level of the hotel. Now, you can't stop anybody from buying a room. You can't stop keep anybody out. But the 49ers made it very clear that she was not on one of the floors that the 49ers vacated. So what that means is that Ruben Foster intentionally went down to her room, which Whatever, we already knew that. And all this drama took place. Now, my thing is, in your head, Reuben Foster, knowing that this situation came up, A, why would you invite her to the hotel that your team is on? While if anybody walks out, including the coach, even sees that woman on in the hotel and sees you around him, they're going to probably do something about it. Right. Suddenly, why would you go to a room and make trouble? I don't know what the story is about. But if my coach was upstairs, I don't think I'm slapping anybody in the face. Right. Period, point blank. Now, right. I don't, I mean, that maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't know how the rest of the world feels, but I don't think I would put that on my plate. And, 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 and so there comes to be a couple of levels of things that, that need to be uncovered here, right? Because it just feels like Reuben Foster carried on as if he felt like oh i got off and i got a pass you know what i'm saying like i feel like he felt like he had the the, the team support as long as everything stayed hush hush you know what i'm saying um and that's just me may i could be wrong he could have like this could be way outside of the team's knowledge but i feel like reuben foster carried on as if to say all right we we, we took care of this and i'm gonna just i'm gonna just keep carrying on because you know as long as everything stays on the hush the team is fine well i mean let's be let's be honest that's been reuben foster's case throughout i mean i'm not gonna say his whole life because i don't know the man but his whole football career at least from alabama's sake mm -hmm. getting arrested in alabama 
Nobody did anything with the police when he got arrested and busted for weed. Just let it go. Didn't pass his drug test at the, at the NFL combine. Tried to fight the person that gave him the drug test like it was her fault for, right. for, for having fake pee. Nothing happened. Um, another another case, I think it was another marijuana charge when he was with the 49ers. Nothing happened. Gun charge with the 49ers. Nothing happened. Then he has the domestic violence while he's pulling out assault rifles and pointing at women's head. Nothing happened. Well, two games, sorry. But they swept it right under the rug. Right. Now this. And you can say, okay, well, 49ers let him go, so he didn't get a rather constitution. Well, who just picked him up 72 hours later? Right. At some point, the league's got to step in and say, wait, hold on. You know what? We can't allow this. He's got to spend at least a year away what? from football, away from all of this, go to rehab, whatever the case may be, and maybe the league will put you back through some evaluation system. But just because one team let him go, another team shouldn't be like, all right, well, it's cool. We'll just take him. It's fine. Right. You know what I mean? We don't care about none of that stuff. It didn't happen over here. We'll just take him. Because the other thing that it, it leads to, and, and, and the second point I want to bring up, is another guy that played for my team. And I guess I'm so passionate about this because Ruben Foster plays for my team. And I was really hoping the 49ers would get a win in Tampa. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of other reasons we lost that game. Ruben Foster had nothing to do with it. <laughs> no, Ruben Foster didn't have anything to do with that game. <laughs> but, but um, another player that the 49ers kind of swept too much under the rug with was Alden Smith. And we saw what happened with Alden Smith. Alden Smith went way too far. And I just I have a feeling that Reuben Foster may be going down that same path. And if Washington's not careful, they're going to be ending up with a dude wandering around D.C. barefoot with a shotgun saying that he plays for their team. Like, what is going on? Well, I mean, I have the same, the same concern, obviously. I mean, Alden didn't play as long as for – the Raiders as he did for the 49ers. Um, obviously, he was a monster when he did play for the 49ers, and that's why his talent, he was given so many chances because people wanted him to be great, but Alden couldn't get out of his own ways. Same case, if you say, with Reuben Foster. I'm not saying that they're the same person. I'm not saying Reuben can't learn from this, but we've seen Alden self-destruct in front of our very eyes. I mean, he lives out here in the Bay Area still, and he can't get right while not playing football, the NFL had to basically ban him from playing because too many times Alden kept messing up. I mean, who shows up to their alcohol testing drunk? <laughs> and not just drunk. They, they said he was like four times over the legal limit. Do but you really think you're going to pass a, 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 an alcohol test when you're drunk? But but it but to me again like it and it and it relates to the Ruben Foster thing that I just brought up. Alden Smith to me carried on as if he felt like well I could just get away with it because I'm so used to people sweeping things under the rug for me. You exactly. know what I'm saying? And I think Ruben Foster is that way. And I think a lot of guys are getting conditioned to feel that way about the NFL and and you know professional sports. It's like all right, well as long as I do this, I can do this. As well, long as I do that? this, I can do that. But why should they not? I mean, we just talked about this earlier, and I'm going to bring it to you guys, the listeners, to, to understand this. Alden Smith, who I just talked about, basically just got a slap on the wrist. Same situation, same thing, domestic violence with his girlfriend, same thing. Four charges, domestic violence. One of uh, All four of them were misdemeanors, but entrapment, um, all type of stuff that he got on there with the legal system on that, on that situation, 
they basically came out two or yesterday and they gave him 90 days in jail, which is already accredited that he's already, I guess, served when he did his alcohol rehabilitation thing. But he left that, first of all. Right. Let's let's right. be clear. He left that. He walked away from that. He alcohol. walked away from that, but they gave him the 90 days credit for that. And they gave him three years probation, which everybody in the world gets for anything right. that they do when they get arrested. And 25 hours of community service, 25 hours. So basically a full day or three, three full days of work. But yeah. let's be honest, he's not going to do anything because he can't be outside, you know, around the public. He's not going to, you're not going to see him on the side of the freeway or anything like that. All of Smith will just be sitting there in a room and write him a note. And he's probably just going to sit there and watch TV and talk to somebody. And, and that's, that's it. it. And that's it. And that's it. And that's, 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 you know, again, I don't make the rules for the NFL. I don't uphold the rules for the NFL or for professional sports players or whatever the case may be. Um, but you are creating a culture and not, well, excuse me, not creating. It exists. You are continuing to allow a culture of, hey, I can do what I want without any consequences to go on when you let this kind of stuff happen. and you. You know, again, people make mistakes. I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. People make mistakes. You feel what I'm saying? Um, but at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? If, if you're not learning nothing from it, if you're continuing to make the same mistake over and over again, how much rope do you give somebody? And you're paying them millions of dollars. It's not like I'm just letting you off the hook and you're going to go make minimum wage. I'm forgiving you. And you're making millions. Right. Right. And that's and that's why they won't learn. Because, I mean, if you're giving them so much money and you're just telling them, you know what, you just got to get better. You just got to do this. You got to do this. But it's OK because we need you to go get this first down real quick. It's not going to help anything because as, as, as long as this person knows, as long as he puts something on the field when he does play. See, that's that's another thing. You, you, you're doing all this, but you're taking games away from him. But he's like, well, when I do play, I make you money. So what's what's what you want me to do? Well, and I, and I get it. I mean, the, the Redskins are second in the AFC East only to their rivals, the Cowboys, right now. And so a good defensive stance could get them a wild card shot. I mean, I the, Cowboys, the, the Cowboys can't say that because they got they got they got some criminals in their team, too. Right. So, right. You know. So so I, I get it. Washington, you you need a linebacker. I, I completely understand somebody else brought this up and this will be the last point i make on this whole situation and we'll move from, far from it but reuben foster under all the legal trouble that he's been in right right has been hurt too hasn't even really played the last couple of weeks has been hurt picked up on waivers by the redskins immediately after an arrest right, right. redskins needed a quarterback but colin kaepernick couldn't get a workout though it's true You'll take a criminal, a woman beater, met, passed, failed drug tests, holding an assault rifles. Right. Who is hurt? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because you because if you hear if you hear Colin Kaepernick and they say okay, now they got Colt McCoy because Alex Smith just got hurt. Who's backup? I mean, Alex Smith in his in his previous time, obviously Colin Kaepernick. But you think you think about it you're like, well, there's no way that Colin Kaepernick will ever get be able to play in Washington, D.C. Like, that makes no sense. Right. How does it make sense for a, a man <laughs> to play there, though? Like, that, that's the problem with this. Like, it's, it's like a it's, fresh case, too, though. Like, we ain't even been to trial. Like, 
It's, it's exactly correct. It, he hasn't been to trial. We don't know what's going on with Ruben Foster. At all. I, I don't even know if he's out of jail, to be honest with you. I mean, I, and even if he, just is, him on the, on even the if he is, we don't even know if he can play because he's hurt. So, like, y'all put a, a hurt man on waiver. Like, okay, we'll take him. But no, Colin Kaepernick, we not even going to look at you, bro. We can't do that taking a knee and standing up for your rights stuff. That ain't that ain't it over here. It's way more an offense. That's way more an offense <laughs> than, than domestic violence, honestly. Well, I mean, again, the the other thing is, if you're on a team called the Redskins, obviously you don't care about how people feel about anything because that's just derogatory in and of itself. But we ain't gonna go there. Yeah, we we can't touch that. We're <laughs> <laughs> not gonna touch that. Um, sticking with NFL though. Uh, Baker Mayfield has had a lot of choice words for his former coach, Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Not necessarily sure where all the beef stems from. Don't know if there was some locker room stuff going on that we don't know about. But it just seems like, you know, um, and I get it. I mean, Hugh Jackson left Cleveland to go coach at or have some weird position at Cincinnati, um, which is kind of down the street and a rival. And Baker took some some you know shots at him for it, but really like it, it seems like it's deeper than that. I don't know. Now let's let's not say that he went and took a job over there. Hugh Jackson got fired. Right. He got <laughs> he got fired because he was he won what two games one game at that point they won one game in two two and a half years. Yeah. He didn't get he didn't go to Cincinnati. He had to leave. He when he got fired, he had to join. A team so he could put food on his table. Right. Like I, I don't blame him for that. Now, Baker Mayfield is a competitor. I, I that's the one thing I do know. I will say that about Baker. If you don't like his height, you don't like the way he plays. I know he can be kind of outlandish and and flagrant. There you go. But I mean, the dude plays hard, and he always has a chip on his shoulder. So I mean, if that's what it took for him. To play better against the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm all for it, especially since I had him on my fantasy team. Worked out. But my point is this. I think that just basically how they use uh, Baker, um, not just Hugh, but their offensive coordinator, because he was also was let go at the same time, I feel that Baker felt like he wasn't able to do certain things. He wasn't able to maybe show his true talent. You know, they ran vanilla offenses, kind of like, you know, I don't think Hugh wanted to get fired. I think Hugh knew it was his time and he didn't want to show a lot and have Baker just kind of run around and, you know, be reckless with the ball. He just wanted to play vanilla and just kind of make it to the next year. Kind of like how Marvin Lewis has been doing for 16 years. Right. <laughs> First of all, that's a joke. Let me, let me talk about that. This man hasn't been a play. I mean, I understand Stephen A. Smith talking about this all the time. I'm not Stephen A. Smith. I'm not even going to try to do all that. But. Honestly, think about it. I mean, 16 years this man's been played, they haven't won one playoff game. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get it, man. Like, I don't get it. You wasted AJ Green's whole career. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and, and what what Cincinnati does that Cleveland is refusing to do by keeping him, uh, Cleveland refuses to admit that its front office has problems, too. And yes, Hugh Jackson. Only won two games in however, what two and a half years or whatever the case may be. Y'all front office put him in a position to not win a lot of games too. So, like you said, he went to Cincinnati to put food on his table. He was ousted of Cleveland. It wasn't like, oh, I'm leaving Cleveland and I'm finna just you know 
get a middle finger to Cleveland. No, he he had to go somewhere, and Cincinnati offered him a job. He, he took a job. So, again, I don't understand what Baker Mayfield's whole issue with Hugh Jackson is. Like, was there – like, to me, it just seems like there was something else going on in a lot – like, the way the shots that he's trying to take, like, seem a little right. bit more personal than just, oh, you you play for a rival team now. Right, yeah, and I think it, it must have been something in the locker room. We have no idea. Um, but, yeah, he definitely doesn't like him at all. It doesn't seem like the whole team didn't like him. I mean – a lot of times during that game, I mean, a lot of players, like when uh, one of their players intercepted the ball and handed it to Hugh on the sideline, Hugh didn't even understand what he was doing. He thought it was a great thing. Tap him on the head, everything like that. But, yeah, I mean, Cleveland got their big win for the season. Shouts out to them, I guess. Um, I guess. It's probably but, whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, is, what is that, the second win they have all year, third win maybe? I mean, that's cool. Whatever. But, you know, the crazy thing about this is, though, um, Hugh Jackson was on. I, I want maybe I get this wrong. He was on Cincinnati as an assistant coach, as a uh, yeah, offensive coordinator. Then he went to Oakland to the Raiders, my team, and was eight and eight. Then he got fired from there. Then he went back to Cincinnati. Then he went to the Browns, and then he went back to Cincinnati. And the whole time, Marvin Lewis was still coaching. <laughs> Does that make any sense at all? Like not winning, not that. winning a playoff game. And 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 what even makes it even more crazy is like they were like, if they do decide to find Marvin Lewis after sixteen years, finally they're going to look at Hugh Jackson to be the replacement. What? Like, why would you even think about that? Like, you just <laughs> you seriously just watch this man fail at every single spot he was at. <laughs> To a point where you were in the same division and he was it's one right. step It's all right. It's all right. And Since you got to hire like, him? Like, they, what are you? They, I, I, they like was, mediocre. They like mediocrity. And that's so, not like, mediocrity. That's, <laughs> that's openly trying to tank. They've been tanking <laughs> for 20 years. How do you tank for 20 years and not Listen, develop anybody? You what process. Hugh Jackson knows how to get us the draft picks we need, all right? Yeah, okay. To do what with? <laughs> <laughs> to run around and get exercise, that's cool. AJ Green must be. I, I I don't even know what I would feel if I was AJ Green. Like they oh, look. I mean, think about this between Cleveland and 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 Cincinnati. Do you think that's an eight and eighteen? No. If they put their best players together, do you no. think they're gonna be eight and eight? No. Even make the playoffs. This is this is sad. Sixteen years and y'all both of y'all do this. Oh, oh. LeBron left, man. Man. Um, yeah, Ohio. Hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you can um, put J- let JR play a little bit. Let him play wide receiver. <laughs> JR Smith to play a little bit of football, man. I mean. JR Smith would play wide receiver and still tackle somebody because he thinks he's on the other side. Like, yeah, it's still, it's, it'll still know, be somebody making a play. We all, we all, oh. It'll uh, still be somebody making a play, you know what I mean? I mean. Uh, speaking of speaking of people running their mouth though about teams, Jalen Ramsey um, called out a lot of players on the Buffalo Bills before Jacksonville lost to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> like literally, you trash, you trash, you trash is is basically what he said, and then he lost. Um, right. That wasn't a good look, sir. Not at all. No, I um. I like Jalen Ramsey a lot. I think he's a great, great, great cornerback. Um, all pro. 
he just has to understand the, the, the offensive players that he has on his team, including and more importantly, Blake Bortles. Yeah. You can't sit there and run your mouth when you have a quarterback that literally is the worst, probably fundamental quarterback in the NFL. He, they have wasted, well, I wouldn't say wasted because it's not all they completely done yet, but that defense is, it's not up there with the 85 Bears or, you know, the, the Ravens or Purple People Eaters or something like that. But that defense is comparable to what Seattle had back when, you know, they went to the Super Bowl and won. That, but they yeah. don't have Russell Wilson. Okay, I hear that. I hear what you're saying, right? But this is the same, like, our, our offense is bad in Jacksonville. But you gave up 40 to Dallas. True, true. But let's also think about this, though. Kansas City. If, let's, okay, let's say you were one of the best defensive players in the world, including some of the, your other teammates. And every time you got to stop, I got the ball back and threw three inter, three incomplete passes, and you got to get right back on no, the field. You're, you're in a bad field position. I get all that. I I, 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 I get all that. The, like, the difference is, in football, you only got one half of the field to play. No matter what the offense is doing, you still got to play. And I know it's a lot of wear and tear on you when you're on the field for a lot longer. When your offense is terrible and you got to be on the field a lot longer holding down these games. However, it doesn't merit you, Jalen Ramsey, as an individual player because, see, this is not basketball or baseball where your individual merits outshine the team efforts. You as a cornerback – you can make three, four stops. You can bat down a couple balls. All that sounds great. But if Cowboys put up 40 on your fucking defense, you look bad, sir, and you don't have the right to put your finger in nobody's face calling anybody trash. You don't. I'm sorry. True. I mean, I get that, and I and, and I understand that. But, I mean, just as, as Richard Sherman used to be when he was on Seattle, just as um, – Anybody, Patrick Patterson, Deion Sanders, Josh Norman. I mean, you're going to have your time because these are shut down corners. Nobody throws at Jalen Ramsey's direction. You know what I'm saying? Like, rarely ever does he get the ball thrown at him. He can't. Now, I understand that you can't be running around talking shit and have shit come out of your mouth or whatever, but he's doing his job as best he can. But it does look stupid, like you say, when somebody puts up 40 on you. Right. Or you get beat by Buffalo, you know what I'm saying? Like, that right. does look extremely bad. But in the same sense, I mean, he can't do any more than what he's doing. That man has been balling out this year. He has done a lot. He just needs to shut his mouth. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I get it. I, he has been balling out. I look at him kind of like Odell. When Odell gets a ball thrown to him that he can catch, Odell's going to catch that thing and do his thing with it. The rest of his team may be terrible. But yeah. when he gets that ball thrown to him in a proper way, he's done his thing. And I look at Jalen Ramsey kind of the same way, and not necessarily because the rest of the defense is all right. Your offense is horrific. And right. so I, I, I get that. But at the same time, for me, you can't just be finger-pointing, calling people trash, and then lose to the Bills. Like, that just it doesn't, doesn't work for me. Sorry. Yeah, true. I agree. Um, getting out of the NFL – on to some other matters at hand. Uh, NBA, obviously, is in full swing. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of teams, you know, shuffling around, and there's some some news and controversy going on in the NBA. 
And one of the the more, you know, interesting and polarizing stories, we should say, because there's a lot of sides coming out about it, is Dwight Howard um, apparently has assaulted or is accused of assaulting um, what may or may not be his boyfriend. Um, He may or may not be in a, a sexual relationship with a transgender individual. And this individual is claiming that Dwight has assaulted them. And so this is making a lot of headlines and obviously a lot of memes and a lot of Twitter jokes and a lot of things have uh, come out about this. <sighs> Just going to wipe myself <laughs> off it. That was... Uh... <laughs> That was not just because it's hot in my house, but it's also because <laughs> this is a very, very, very touchy subject. So I break it down like this. Saturday, I was sitting here watching the Warriors game and scrolling through Twitter. I just happened to see some Dwight Howard memes, and I didn't really understand what they were. Um, they were all kind of leading towards his teammates kind of being afraid or backing up away from him, you know, for whatever reason. So I, I didn't know what it was. Um, so I kind of looked up Dwight Howard. I didn't really, I didn't look up Dwight Howard, but I looked up, um, you know, just kind of like memes about Dwight Howard. And didn't, I saw a few things, but I didn't really understand what it was. Once to sleep, the morning I woke up and it kind of bothered me that I didn't understand what it was. Cause I kept seeing a little bit more and more, you know, memes and stuff like that. So I actually just typed in Dwight Howard. And the first thing, that popped up was Dwight Howard is may or may not. Um, this could be speculation, but this is out now. Um, be involved in a sexual relationship with a transgender individual. Um, the person's name, I don't know if I'm getting this right, is Mason or Mason Elijah or Elijah. Um, but there's a person out of Atlanta uh, that Dwight is supposedly supposed to be seeing according to this person on Twitter. Uh, Saturday night basically went off on Twitter saying everything about their relationship, saying they got receipts about what they did together, um, everything. And basically, but the more important thing was Dwight Howard threatened Mason or Mason, um, as well as his pastor, to keep quiet. So there was a one. There was, there was a one. One uh, tweet that said, "Dwyden Mason had met um, during the, I guess, the casting of Wild and Out, the show on MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of got together, talked a little bit, they hung out, everything got, you know, started going good, nothing, no problems, um, until Dwight started seeing somebody else, and that wasn't clear that Dwight was seeing a man or a woman." Um, but it just was said this, Dwight. Hold on, hold on. Was this person a part of the show? Not that it really matters, but were they a part of the show or were they just there? I want to say they were there. I okay. didn't actually see the show, but oh. they could have been a background. You know how in Wild and Out they have all the people that are in the right. background and stuff like that. So it could have just been somebody that was with the cast, but maybe not okay. on the show. Um, anyway, so fast forward, and Dwight started seeing someone else, and Dwight wanted Mason Mason to sign a NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement. Mason just he basically refused it, um, and then Dwight and his pastor basically 
you know, threatened Thud Mason for it. I'm going to read you real quick one of the tweets um, that actually came out. Yes, I have it real quick. Sorry about that. I have a lot of questions that I don't think I could ask on this show. Yeah. All right, let me see. All right, so this was a tweet um, from Mason, Elijah. Uh, Elijah, uh, I was afraid to speak, but today my life was threatened after I was sexually harassed, threatened, and manipulated by someone I respected, my ex-boyfriend, NBA player Dwight Howard, and his camp. Also catfished, you all know that great show, by his disrespectful-ass pastor. Mm. Those are strong words. I mean, this is, I mean, it's got a picture of Dwight and everything on here. It's not like trying to sugarcoat anything. So this is why, this is what I did. I actually wrote a story on this on theflagandfell.com, so you can go read that after you view this video. But what I'm seeing from this is basically, Mason's not afraid to say what he has to say. That's just what it is. I mean, it's it's not, it's a very touchy subject, obviously. Um, I don't want to get into it because I don't know how Dwight feels. I don't know what the situation is between them. But I do, I can say this. If this is true, um, I can understand why Dwight is trying to kind of hide everything and have Mason sign this non-disclosure agreement because the NBA sports world, I should say, is kind of cruel. Um, yeah. There have been incidents, incidences where things have happened to pit players that have come out that have spoke about their sexuality. So, you know, Dwight being a big polarizing figure, um, very, very marketable person, um, even though he is in the back end of his career. Yeah, very, it very. It is bad. a, yeah, I mean, we're not going to talk about his terrible basketball playing. We're not, we're going to leave that out here. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, My favorite part of this story. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other discussion for a whole other day, dude. Yeah. So, but it's still it's still a big story because, I mean, you still have to go in the locker room with your teammates. You also still have to go play on the same court as other men that probably have read this story already or probably have known anything about this. I mean, because if I'm here sitting here and I know about it, and anybody who I've talked to so far knows about it or has read Mason Lies' tweets or have seen the memes, they've all already made their public or their, their opinion about it publicly to their friends or whoever. So this has already probably got back to Dwight as well. Actually, I'll say this. Dwight's baby mama, who was on um, Basketball Wives, actually was posting about it on her on her Instagram. I just I just remember that. She was posting about it. She actually had, you know, how they have the, the, the popcorn with the with somebody eating the popcorn all frantically, like a movie, you know what I'm saying? Like something is like really into it. She posted that about it. Like, like I'm just going to have to keep my mouth shut. And then, obviously, somebody commented under it, talking about, that's your baby daddy, this, 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 this. And she said, yeah. that was 12 years ago. I don't know what he do now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, 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 first of all, let me just say this. The flagrant foul takes a strong stance against domestic abuse, period, um, no matter who, who it's against. So if there's harassment or abuse or whatever going on, shame on you, Dwight Howard. Um, right. Second of all, you are absolutely right when you say 
that the sports world can be very critical um, and 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 super hypercritical with social media. They get to you fast. They 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 hit where it hurts, um, and they do their best to try to like embarrass somebody. So I, I I with you can also understand that if all of this is true, why Dwight Howard would keep it under um, under the rug? So um, all I can say is that you know again. If it is true, Dwight, at the end of the day, you do what you do off the court. That's your life. Uh, but keep your hands to yourself. Don't be harassing somebody. Because um, what it sounds like is that this person, you know, probably wanted to be open and honest about the situation and you wanted to shut them up. And you got pretty much, you know, angry or, you know, somewhat verbally abusive or violent because of that fact and you really can't get mad at somebody for wanting to tell the truth so at the end of the day Dwight if that's what you do own it you know what I'm saying this is we headed into 2019 it's a lot different world than it was 10 15 years ago you know own it be a man um and 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 that's it and and not be verbally and and physically harassing anybody if if that's how you get down sir yeah, I want to know what's going on with this pastor that's with I mean, if that's true right. with the pastor, that, I, that's, that's where I was going. When I said I had questions, I was like, what grown-ass like, grown man, what grown-ass pastor has time to be catfishing people? Like, right. what are you with your life that you sitting on Facebook making fake pages and catfishing people for Dwight Howard? Like, Right. I, I wouldn't think that pastors usually promote anything that would have to do with them verbally abusing or assaulting somebody at all like at that all. doesn't seem like that's anything what pastors usually do if that's true you probably shouldn't be attending that service that that <laughs> man speaks of because he doesn't really understand what it takes to be a pastor right i thought it was love and compassion was like the right. the, the model of christianity had to do with like love for all and compassion like yeah, I don't. I don't see pastors aiding and abetting and harassment like that's kind of crazy. Yeah, and we're not here to speak about religion too. Cause I understand it's a touchy subject too, but I, I just still know that that's not what pastors are supposed to do. <laughs> that's, and they got nothing to do with religion. That's just fact. Like, <laughs> that's just a fact. That's a fact. So. Oh man. Oh. So, um, all right. So, in some other flagrant news. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson uh, went head-to-head in a match over this past weekend, um, you know, competing for the elite title of golf's best. And it seems like very little people were, you know, tuned in and and watched this match. Uh, Phil Mickelson ended up winning, got $9 million, I think, for winning this match. Um, but the sports world was just kind of tuned out from it. Did you watch? I didn't watch. I didn't. No, 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 no. I had no interest in watching this. Um, they are, I mean, yeah, they are two of the best that's ever done it, and I understand it. Um, but, you know, without a field, I just I just felt it was going to be boring, um, and supposedly it was. They didn't have a crowd, which yeah. made it pretty ridiculous. I mean, it was just two golfers playing by themselves. So I kept my twenty four twenty nine ninety nine in my pocket um, because I just didn't see I didn't see an interest in it. I'm sure it was a great match between those two. I'm sure they had a good time between those two. 
I'm sure that they will talk about it for a while, you know, as friends that, you know, we had a good match by ourselves. But, I mean, if nobody was there to see it, if, you know, we just watch it on TV, like, I mean, I don't, I can watch paint dry wherever. I don't, you know, I, (laughs) nothing to say, nothing bad about either one of them. Just, I mean, for $9 million, you're just going to play your own private game. I mean, that's something rich people could do by themselves. I don't need to watch it. I'm I'm pretty sure Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley have played for a million dollars in one of their houses and didn't have to invite a ton of people out to come see it. They just played each other and that was it. Right. I mean, I actually would have liked to see that. Actually, I, but, I, I actually kind of too. But. Well, yeah, but in all sense, I mean, I don't see that. I mean, eighteen holes of YouTube by yourself on walking around like that's not anything I have interest in. So, no. I mean, shout out to those people that did actually pay for it and watch it. I, from what I hear, they actually gave it to people for free. Um, Pay per view yeah. wasn't very happy with it in the ratings, so they wind up reimbursing people. So if you did watch it and you like golf and you like to just watch people stand around it, you know, hit a golf ball, hey, it was your world. But, <laughs> you know, for me, it was a pass. Yeah. Um, speaking of sporting events that not a lot of people are interested in, apparently, <laughs> um, Manny Pacquiao is set to fight Adrian Broner. <laughs> And no one cares. Like, no one. No one. Any. I want to find out what the pay-per-view sales are right now for that fight. Like, I don't even know. Are, is it even on? I think it's probably on Showbox. Like, I don't, I don't even know where it is. Like, it's probably, it should be free. I hope this fight is free. Like, if you're charging people to watch this, nah. Like, you know what? I, I actually think it's going to be on channel uh, on CBS. Um, they have the premier boxing um thing that our premier boxing challenge that comes on um towards the beginning of the year i think it's going to be on that which would be great actually because i don't want to pay anything for that i don't want to go to a bar and pay anything for it and i don't want to spend my money on it would like to watch it i mean if i'm sitting in my own house before i do something else but i don't want to pay for it i mean we all know pacquiao is quite old um i don't i mean he's Won his last fight, but that doesn't say much. He lost the previous two before that. He looked like a shell of himself. A few rounds, he, you know, he became Pac-Man and right. showed the world that he still had a little bit of speed. And then he reminded everybody that he is a thousand years old, and you know, did nothing. And and, and then you get to to Adrian Bronner, whose mouth is bigger than his career, because um, every time he had to step up in a notable fight, he got sat out. So, right. This should be interesting. Right. You got the guy who thinks he's Floyd Mayweather and not anywhere close to his ability. Um, and you got the guy who lost to Floyd Mayweather. And this is, this is going to be, fought him. This is going to be the boxing equivalent of the Raiders versus the 49ers. Like, this is going to be that fight. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Who are the who are the Raiders and who are the Forty Nineers? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just thought about that. Wait a minute, because I I I don't want to be Adrian Broner. I'm sorry. Like, I can beat Pacquiao. I have no problem being an old greater fighter who just lost his way. That could be me. That's fine. I don't want to have anything to do with Adrian Broner. Like if that's the case, like I gotta pick another team. I can't do that. Like. Uh, I, Okay, well then we'll just we'll use two just just 
bad teams in general will use uh, the Atlanta Hawks playing against the terrible playing Houston Rockets right now or something like that. But No, the funny thing about it is it actually is just like that because we had all this hype going into the season and we talked about it on this show. I, we kept waiting to see who was going to win and we predicted this and we predicted that and these teams are terrible. I mean, they, yeah. have, two, they have four wins between both of them. So it is this fight. Yeah. <laughs> it is this fight. So, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, that was a great analysis by you. But I just wish it wasn't true. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I just, I, we gotta call it how we see it on the flavor power. It is what it is. I mean, I'm a fan, but I'm a realist too at the same time. Um, so yeah, that that'll be interesting in January. Bronner, Pacquiao. If I happen to flip through my TV and it's on, and I remember to watch it, I, I may tune in. We'll see. Um, so uh, rounding out the show before we end this thing, we definitely got to tap in with you, Sean B. Flagrant, and get uh, notable NFL bets for this week. What what games are you looking at? Well, I'm gonna go with a few. Um, I'm gonna go with the bigger. Implicated, uh, implicated games, I guess you could say, um, for this week. This is week 13, obviously, in the NFL. We're running out the season. Um, you know, just a few more weeks. Pre- pretty soon, a lot of teams will just start resting their players. They're not going to be playing very hard because they're going to get ready for this playoff, you know, push. Um, so, with that being said, we have a few teams in a few divisions that actually need to win a few games because if they don't, you know, be knocked out. Won't get a wild card or won't be at the top of the division. Start off with the Dallas Cowboys versus, well, yeah, New Orleans Saints, I should say, versus Dallas Cowboys because New Orleans is coming to Dallas to play. This is a short week, obviously, for both teams. Um, New Orleans played Atlanta. Well, actually, take it back. It's not a short week for both teams because both teams played on Thanksgiving, Thursday night. So it actually is a full week of rest. I don't know how they got out of that, both teams. I mean, Dallas seems how always gets that situation. But anyway, it's still a full week of rest. Um, so both teams have no advantage, I should say, on this situation. We all know New Orleans hasn't lost a game since Tampa came down there in the first week and beat them. I don't know how that happened. That was when Fitzmagic was actually somebody, and now Tampa is terrible. But anyway, New Orleans has been – you know, winning since then. Um, Dallas has had a little bit of a harder road. They have won games. Obviously, they are right now. Were they in the top of the division? Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I don't like Dallas at all. But Well, they're they're tied, but they have the win over Washington. So, yes. Which, which happened last week, Thursday, also on Thanksgiving. Now, this usually is a very – it's a letdown spot for Dallas, I would say. Um, just because it's one of those games that I don't think Dallas can win and will be up for. Well, no, they will be up for, but I don't think they have enough shooting power to battle with Drew Brees. Now, I will say this, though. I would not take New Orleans to seven and a half. And I know it sounds crazy because, I mean, New Orleans, they've been beating everybody by 50 points, but they don't do it away from the Superdome. They do beat teams away from the Superdome, but not always – by such a dramatic effect, except for, you know, Cincinnati, who we just talked about in this show, is terrible. Right. 
Um, I would take the over in this situation. I feel like as I would I wouldn't say as anemic as Dallas offense has looked prior to this. It seems like they're coming into their own, adding Amari Cooper from the Raiders. Um seems to actually have helped them a lot. Um their defense is coming around, but I don't think that they will be able to stop um, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, uh, Melvin Ingram, uh, Michael Thomas, you name it, whoever you want to say. I mean, the Saints can't be stopped by anybody. So, And it is a dome, so right. there will be no weather impl- implications right now. So if I was to bet anything on this game, even though it's a Thursday night, usually Thursday night's tend to be low scoring except for you know some games i would take the over just because it is in a dome is the over what is it over 51 and a half right now yeah yeah. so so here's here's my thing um as to why i feel like dallas may may need to win this game um and whether or not they can is is up to how they play on the field. But I'm looking at their schedule, rounding out the rest of the season, and I'm looking at Washington, who they're tied with, um, in their division schedule. Washington has a lot easier schedule finishing out the season. Dallas does not. Right. Um, Very correct. And so, you know, obviously, I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to laugh. The tickets... When you look at the ticket prices for their game against Tampa Bay, they say tickets start at twelve dollars. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just because because if you look at them, if you look at all the other games like at Indianapolis and New York Giants, the ticket prices start at one hundred and fourteen dollars. Mm-hmm. When it goes to Tampa, it says starting at twelve. Okay, discount. <laughs> but anyway, um, looking at the rest of Dallas's schedule, though. I think Washington has a much easier schedule. And not to say that, uh, again, not to say New Orleans is going to let them walk in and just beat them, but Dallas has to come in with the mindset that they need to get this win um, because their their schedule down the road seems to be a little bit harder than Washington. That's just my take on that. And I, No, I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. Um, the only problem is I just – Cannot put my money to bet against Drew Brees and what he's doing this year. And I, I also agree with that as well. That's why I feel like the over is probably the play, just because I know Drew Brees is going to put up at least 27 to 55 points in this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Drew does not disappoint. If he has an off night, he's going to still put up at least 30 points. Yeah. Um, if Dallas is winning, they're not going to just lay down. Like, they will come back and they will fight. Drew will keep going. So, I do think it will be more of a higher-scoring game. Um, if I had to choose, I, like I said, I can't pick against Drew Brees right now and the way he's playing. But like you said, Dallas is hungry, and they need this win probably more than the Saints do because the Saints are going to be first place no matter what. Right. So um, the next game I have on the docket that I would probably like to bet, pro- um, New England and – well, keep saying that the team for it. Minnesota Vikings. And the New England Patriots. Now, this game starts off, I think, um, my books are at six. I had five. Do you have five or you have six? Because with the bet I saw, I saw uh, New England was minus six, six points even. Um, 
Damn, hold on. I just went away from that page. I put it like this. It doesn't matter either way. It's either it's either minus six or minus five. This is a game for the Patriots to kind of get five. right. Five, five, and five and a half. Five and a half. Um, I think I think the Vikings could have a chance. Um, I think that Kirk Cousins seems like he's a little bit better um, with playing, but you got to remember too. This is Minnesota, who plays in the dome as well. Who's going over to New England, Foxborough? Who the Patriots don't ever lose in Foxborough. Let's put it like that. They've been terrible on the road. They didn't show much promise this week against the Jets or this past week, I should say, against the Jets. So it does lean to saying that maybe Brady can, you know, be taken down because honestly, Brady hasn't looked great this year. Um, they don't have, they do have, I guess, the weapons you want to say, but they don't have the weapons. It doesn't seem like Josh Gordon and him haven't really connected too much during the year. They just got Gronk back, so that might help. Um, Edelman is Edelman with their team. They're running Sony Michelle a lot, so that might help. It just, it kind of seems like they're, they're trying to use less of uh, Tom Brady than they, than they have to, basically. Yeah. Try to say, Save his arm. So they've been doing a lot of run games. Is what I well. Say. They they also, and I I don't want to say that they can they can cruise, but they've also dominated their division already this year. Um, it is fervently clear that they're going to win their division um, and go ahead and get their playoff spot. Um, and so maybe they don't use a lot of Tom Brady. Maybe they they come out. I want I don't want to call him lax because I don't ever want to sleep on Bill Belichick. But maybe they don't come out nearly as aggressive as normal, um, because they are. You know, we like you said, we're in thirteen. They're comfortably ahead of their division. Um, maybe they don't come out as aggressive. I don't know. And you know, like I said before, um, Minnesota is a dome team. But if they can get over that problem, I guess you could say they have more weapons to go through. Adam Thielen is having a. Monster year, obviously. I know he's on my fantasy team as well. Um, Stefan Diggs is their cool. deep threat. Rudolph actually played pretty well last game. They just got Devin, uh, Dalvin Cook, sorry, Dalvin Cook back. Latavius Murray is running for them as well. So if Kirk Cousins can, you know, if the offensive line can keep up and, and, and let Kirk Cousins get some a pocket throw in, they can keep up with the Patriots. You're right. I mean, it can come down maybe to three points. Um, the one thing I did see that will not be a very good situation for them is Xavier Rhodes got hurt in yeah. this previous game, who is their best, clearly their best um, defender, at least in the secondary, that is. Um, he's hurt. They still don't have their safety, who is, I think his name is uh, Vallejo or something like that. Um, but he is outstanding. And with that backfield kind of decimated, there might be a little bit of a problem especially if Tom Brady can sit there and just, you know, pick apart that, that, that defense in the backfield. So I'm leaning towards Patriots to win this game if they can control the clock. Um, but if Kirk Cousins does come back and does make this a game by throwing the football a lot, it might, it might, it might be an interesting game. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. If, I, if it was me taking this game, I'd probably still take the Patriots minus five. I just – it's, it's something about Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick knowing the situation being in Foxborough that I think it's a little more daunting than people think. And when 
you know, Bill Belichick and them get into a shootout, they perform. I mean, we've seen that with the Kansas City game. They came and played. Um, when they when they do get pushed, they can push back. And yeah. I don't know if I don't know if uh, Kirk Cousins can do that. I just I feel like he has great games here and there, but the majority he's kind of a letdown. And when a push comes to shove, I'm going to take Tom Brady over Kirk Cousins any day. So, um, the last game I'm going to get to. Well, actually, no, I'm going to talk about two more games or one more. Uh, two more games, just to say. Um, this next pass game, I'm going to go kind of quick. Um, Los Angeles, I almost said San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Steelers are favored by three and a half. It's just going to be simple. I, mean, I think Steelers going to win this game. I, I understand that the Chargers are on a winning streak right now. I understand that Philip Rivers is playing great football. He's also on my fantasy team. But I'm just. Same thing about, you know, Pittsburgh. I feel the same way about New England. They're completely different at home. And the Chargers have been known to fail when the the lights are the brightest. They just do. I don't know what it is, but they just, they, they cannot perform. They cannot get right. And the thing about it is you just lost Melvin Gordon to an injury. Eckler is a great running back, but he's not Melvin Gordon. Without right. having that, without having that in the backfield, I mean, if Phillip just has to sit there and throw, now I'm not saying he can't make passes, but if they cannot get to Ben Rossberg, he's going to have a field day on that secondary in uh, from Los Angeles. So I'm just going to be simple and straightforward. I just think this is a get-right game for the Steelers, and this might be an easy one, especially since it's only three and a half. I, that's a field goal. I take the Steelers in this game. Yeah, um, I'm I'm there with you. Um, it is like you said, a get right game for the Steelers. It is also make or break for the Steelers. Not necessarily in terms of of divisional, but um, definitely in terms of overall um, record. Because you know, you, at that point, you drop to seven, four, and one, and uh, you know that that one that tie starts to hurt you a little bit if you can't get this win. Looking at the next. Uh, four games after that so I'm gonna say that the Steelers come out hungry being at home um and I'm I'm with you on that one the last game I want to talk about um I don't really have that big of a lean to this one but I will talk about it um Philadelphia Washington Redskins are coming to play the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia obviously the point score point line is six and a half Favorite for the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles are, are minus six and a half. Um, I don't know about this game, honestly. Um, I didn't like the effort that Cole McCoy gave in Philadelphia. I mean, in Dallas. This is right. second, this is a second row game. I don't know. Uh, their lines beat up. Obviously, I think that. <laughs> I think it was their offensive offensive tackle was taken out on a stretcher in that Dallas game. He won't be there. Ruben Foss is not going to play, so don't worry about that. But right. their defense has holes in it. We've seen that from from the uh, Dallas game. They Same thing we talk about with talking a lot. Josh Norman, you know, we love him on this show, but that defense ain't 
I mean, defense. yeah, I mean, all you got is Josh and DJ Swearinger left. Like, those are the last two guys that are actually making plays defensively for you, unfortunately. And they're good, but they're the only two you got. You right. Seven to at least nine other people on the field to help them make plays. Um, my thing with this game, being that it's in Philadelphia, obviously it's going to be tough on Washington. Being that you got Cole McCoy and not Alex Smith, it's going to be tough on Washington. But looking at playoff implications, right, Dallas, Washington, Philadelphia, uh, Dallas and Washington tie. Philadelphia is right behind the two, both of them. Um, Washington plays Philly twice in the next five games. But the other three games are winnable games. So to me, if Washington can split one of those two games with Philadelphia, maybe this isn't the one. Maybe Philadelphia takes this win and then Washington wins, you know, at the end of the season when Philly may want to try to rest everybody, which they may not be because they may be in a situation where they need to play people for a win. Um, But that game's in Washington, last game of the season on December 30th. That game's in Washington. I think that Washington's going to try its hardest. Um, I think six and a half may not make it. I think it may be a closer game than six and a half. I still feel like, though, because it's in Philadelphia, Philadelphia may edge this one out. But I feel like Washington will come with the mindset of we need this win, especially because they just lost to Dallas. And so this being another divisional game, they're going to come out with the, 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 the fire. Not saying Philadelphia won't, but Washington will, which I think will push Philadelphia. And Philadelphia still may win, but I don't think it'll be by a touchdown. No, I agree. I, I definitely agree with that. I just would never put my money on Colt McCoy in this situation. Mm-hmm. Being two straight, I guess you could say, road games, you know, and just being the starter, I feel like Colt McCoy is a serviceable quarterback, and he's not a starting quarterback for a reason. Yeah. The Eagles haven't beat anybody by any amount of score lately. They beat the yeah. Giants last week, barely. They should have lost the game. Point blank. That's on the Giants because they should have ran the ball in the second half with Saquon Barkley, who was dominating that game. So the Eagles' secondary is decimated. Weirdly, I look at this game, and I would probably take an over if I had a bet. I know it sounds crazy because, I mean, it is two teams that look like they are terrible, but the Eagles are literally playing with four new cornerbacks. Yeah. I mean, you got that and – like we talked about, the Washington, Washington can't keep anybody from doing anything, and they're on their second straight road game. Like they're gonna be, they're not gonna be doing too much of anything. If yeah. I had, if I had to bet, like you said, because it is a playoff indicating game, so they're probably gonna be, you know, ramped up because this, like I said, this is gonna control control the division pretty much. Yeah. Especially if Dallas loses, you know, on Thursday night. So, yeah. you know, this. This definitely will probably come into play if that. So I would more look towards the over um, just because I don't think any of these defenses are really going to be able to stop anybody. I mean, Cole McCoy might stop himself, but, you know, even if the NFL, I mean, what is the spread? 44, I guess? 44 and a half. I mean, you got to think about it. Even like, let's let's just say Cole McCoy has a bad game. Pick six. Now you are just a pick, and now the Eagles are in, you know, Bill Ranch, or he has a sack fumble, or something like that. Like I feel like this, this is going to end up as a Scott Van Pelt bad beat. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where it's going to be like 
a situation where somebody where like the the total score is at like forty one, and somebody manages to fumble the ball for a pick six or something like that. Like I feel like it's gonna be that bad of a game to where like something like that happens. Weirdly, I mean, this is the NFL. I know it sounds crazy, but I've had to learn this honestly, and you know, I'm telling all the betters that they do this. I've had to learn this. Time and time again, I still make mistakes with this. I actually made a mistake last week by betting this with the, with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, there's no unders anymore. Like, if you're going to bet an under, it, you have to look at a score that's around 50s or 60s because it doesn't take that much to score 20 points now. I mean, they everything is given to the offense. And, you know, you have to literally play a perfect game. Both teams have to play a perfect game for the score to go yeah. under. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's around 40-44 and two teams have any little bit of offense, now Cole McCoy – I mean, Cole McCoy has been in that system for six years. He might not be the best quarterback, but, I mean, as long as somebody's open, he can throw the ball. Yeah, it's like taking unders in college. Never. Yeah, so, I mean, if I had to put this because – just because I can't necessarily lean towards the Colts in this – I mean, I'm sorry, the Redskins in this game. I don't know why I said the Colts. The Redskins in this game. Oh, Colt McCoy, sorry. I can't lead towards the Redskins in this game, a six and a half, plus the six and a half, only because I don't trust Colt McCoy. But if I had to make an official play on this, it would be the over, just because the over is so low. And I just feel like both of them, both teams will be trying as hard as they possibly can to get this done. I mean, look towards weather and see if there's any weather implications. Going yeah. on. If it's not, just shoot the over. I mean – you can't go wrong with scoring points. I mean, they might they might not get it, but if I had to bet anything on this game, if you really want to bet this game, bet the over. All right, well, that wraps up NFL Week 13 betting lines as well as Hella Flagrant, the podcast, episode number four. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure being in here, kicking it with y'all as we always do. And, you know, you guys could always find more Hella Flagrant stories uh, all the crazy controversial sports news stories on theflagrantfoul.com. You see it right there at the bottom of your screen. Make sure you tap into theflagrantfoul.com. You can also find us. Um, you can find both of our Instagrams is on the hell of on theflagrantfoul.com. Um, but you can find at Sean B. Flagrant, at Flagrant DM on Instagram um, and get at us over there. Make sure you go to our YouTube page and subscribe. The links are on the website. It's on the Instagram. Uh, it's everywhere. So go to the YouTube page and make sure you subscribe to that. And then make sure you visit hellaflagrant.com for all of your flagrant foul and hella flagrant merchandise. Yeah, man. We want to thank you guys, of course, for coming out and watching this. I mean, obviously we do this for y'all. So the hella flagrant podcast would not be where it is today without you. So please, like he said, subscribe, like, follow all of it, the Instagram page. Um, Twitter accounts, everything we have. The Flagrant Foul Instagram, um, my Instagram, Daryl's Instagram, Flagrant DM. Just follow everything that we got. Like you said, here we go right here. Flagrant Foul shirts are still available. HelloFlagrant.com. You can get it right now. Just type www.helloflagrant.com. Go on there and search. Get the merchandise. You can also get there from the website, theflagrantfoul.com. So, Either way, go on one of those ways and, and get on there, buy a few shirts for you. You know what I'm saying? Christmas time is almost here. What better way to show it off with one of these, man? You feel me? So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but thank you guys for, you know, like you said, coming out. Hello, Flag in the podcast. 
Episode 4 is a wrap. So, on that note, we 